It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on 95.5 WSB. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center, playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 807, 71 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener. I'm here to help you be more successful. You get more successful by asking me questions. 404-872-0750 is the number you dial to ask questions. And the first question in line this morning, Sandy and Dunwoody joins us. Hey, Sandy, good morning. Good morning. Hi, how can I help? Well, I am being attacked by my crepe myrtle. <laughs> I, I took a couple out last year, and um, and now uh, I keep finding little shoots coming up. Yeah. And most of them I can pluck up by the root. But now this year, they're coming up through my brand new sod, and they, they seem to be coming from below. Yeah. So I, I don't know if there's a root that's left or just how to deal with this thing, but it's a plague. That is exactly what's happened. The crepe myrtles that you pulled up... They're gone, sure, but the roots are still in the ground, and those roots are desperate to find some way of getting some photosynthetic action going on. So they send up shoots and the leaves on the shoots, and then Sandy comes out and finds them in their lawn, and is not happy to see that. So the only thing you can do, frankly, Sandy, is to keep removing the leaves to starve the root to death. And you can remove it by mowing. You can remove it by digging or pulling like you've been doing. You can uh, spray it with weed killer if you wanted to, but nothing is faster. Okay, what kind of weed killer that wouldn't kill the the sod? Anything that says can be used on broadleafed weeds. And you could use okay. uh, the season-long weed control that BioAdvance makes. The Bonide Weed Beater Ultra would work. So anything that says broadleaf weed control would also kill broadleaf crepe myrtle seedlings as well. Okay, do you know, will it take like several seasons for this thing to finally give up the ghost? Not several seasons. It might take you to the end of this season to really get it under control. And then next year you'll see one, two, three, maybe, but not many more than that. Not much longer than that. Okay, well, I used to really like crepe myrtles, but now they are not my friend. <laughs> well, <laughs> Thank you like so you. much. I will do that. <laughs> they like you a lot, Sandy. They want to be in your lawn forever. Carrie in Ackworth joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hi, Carrie. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, what's up, Kerry? Well, I've got an October Glory maple tree that's pretty good size, and some of the roots are maybe oh, an inch and a half, two inch above the ground. Can I put uh, soil over that? Yeah, within reason. How much soil were you thinking about putting, Kerry? Well, just, just to basically cover the root. Why not put mulch out there? Well, just, that's, I guess that's a possibility. Pine chips, <laughs> pine chips, pine straw. It seems to me that would work just as fine. You're not going to get to grow anything. Even if you put soil over those roots, Gary, it's still going to be so shady underneath the maple that you're not going to get a lot to grow there. So there's really no need to, to put soil there. And so the chips, cheaper, easier to uh, move around, lighter. Yeah, I, th- I would go chip-wise. That's where I would go. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Thank you very much. All right. Head on down to Pike. I know they had chips on sale there today. Would you advise anything more, Ralph? We have a erosion occasion. Yeah, I would have said the same thing. If you're not going to grow the grass under it, so why why cover the roots? Yeah. Just put mulch over it, and you don't have to worry about it. Okay. All right. I'm confirmed with my prejudices about that. Uh, Richard in Atlanta joins us now. Hey, Richard. Good morning. Good morning, Walter. How are you? Doing great, Richard. What's on, What's going on with you? 
I have a question for Ralph. I have a Zoysia lawn, as does my neighbor. Uh, his is beautiful. His is emerald. I'm not sure what mine is, but it's a similar blade to that. It's not Myers. I had Myers previously, and then I pulled that up and planted this new Zoysia. Okay. But I've got, I'm getting spots of uh, crabgrass in it. So my neighbor gave me an ortho crabgrass killer spray. He said, put this on, and it'll kill the crabgrass. Well, I did that, and it's killing my zoysia. <laughs> is that a premix, or is it something you dilute out in a sprayer? It's a pre. It's a concentrate that I had to mix up myself. Okay. Uh, have you calibrated your sprayer? Are you, are you pretty confident in what kind of rate you're putting that out at? Yeah, I think so, Ralph. But, you know, I could have. Uh, I used a small hand sprayer, 24 ounce, and, you know, the formulation was for a gallon. So it's possible that I didn't get the ratio correct, but uh, it, it's not killing the crabgrass. It's just, it's just <laughs> killing my zoysia. Yeah, so, I, yeah. I, zoysia is finicky uh, with herbicides, and I, I try not to use them other than pre-emergent controls. And what I, it's not going to help you this year, but what I'd recommend is you use pre-emergent control in the fall, in September, yeah. and then again probably March. Yeah and just prevent those weeds from getting in there in the first place as much as possible. It's yeah. We have a difficult yeah. time spraying grassy-type weeds and zoysia grass ourselves. Yeah. The, the things you use are really tough on it. really hard for a chemical to tell the difference between your good grass, zoysia, and your bad grass, crabgrass. It's hard to tell the difference. And so there are some herbicides that professionals use. One is called tenacity. Tenacity works really well against some grassy weeds in turf grass. But boy, oh boy, oh boy, if you are a little bit wrong on your calibration of your sprayer, or if you overlap two sprays one on top of the other, woo, it'll make the grass underneath look really bad. So it's really important to follow the labels exactly as Ralph pointed out to calibrate your sprayer, calibrate your, your mixing thing just perfectly, Richard. Well, can I, should I just go ahead and dig out that little uh, stretch of crabgrass and uh, zoysia now and cover it with dirt and let it grow over or just leave it? Is it, is it possible just to pull the pieces or the plants, the crabgrass plants, out of the zoysia grass? Or have you killed really enough of not. an area? No. Yeah. No, I've got a good uh, firm bed of zoysia and that crabgrass is underneath it, right? and it has a nasty root. I, I was able to get a little bit at the end and pull it up because I guess it's a long runner. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, 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 wait. I'm not sure you have crabgrass if you have a long, nasty root on it. I'm thinking... Yeah, well, it grows in a line. Uh, you know what I mean? You can tell where it starts, and you can see it moving down, getting thinner. And I went to the end of that and dug up a, a piece that I could grab and pulled up the root. It's like a string, you know, uh, a, a strong string root. You know what? I don't think you have crabgrass. You've got Dallas grass or something in there. I know what you need to do, Richard. We need to do a little identification thing here and make sure of what you have before we go any further on what to spray for it. If you go to WalterReese.com, and particularly if you can find a seed head, find the place where the seeds are coming out of that grass, and go to my website and just type the word grassy, G-R-A-S-S-Y, or grassy weeds if you want to, because I put together a page just uh, two weeks ago now. It's called Grassy Weeds of Summer, and I have all the seed heads of all the grasses you would find in your lawn <laughs> in the summertime. Compare okay, your Parker. seed head with that, those pictures that I have, 
and see what you have, because I don't think you have crabgrass. That, that root system doesn't sound like crabgrass to me, unless it's really, Perfect. really mature, been there, and I don't know. It doesn't sound like crabgrass. No, it's not. I just It just came this year, All right. probably from bird droppings or whatever. I do the twice uh, biannual uh, pre-emergent. Pre-emergent, yeah. yeah. All right, let's figure out what it is, Ralph, and I'll talk, uh, Richard, I mean, and we'll talk to you next Saturday. Perfect. Thank All you, guys. Right. See you soon. Bye. 404 Claire in Jefferson. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Claire has a weed. I've never figured out how to control this weed. We're going to give to Ralph this one, Claire, and tell him to give his best advice for us. What have you got, Claire? Well, I bought a home from a master gardener, so it's beautifully covered with all kinds of beautiful flowering plants. Right. But I didn't get a direction book with it. So um, all of a sudden, I bought the house in April, and all of a sudden, by the end of May, I had mulberry weed everywhere, <laughs> and now it's kind of taking over, and I'm not sure what to do. Surely, um, Eastlake Gothel does, does not have mulberry weed. So a little molten, you know what it is, Ralph? A little bitty weed that has leaves that look like a mulberry tree. I have enough trouble See, with just he the doesn't mulberry have, trees. He, he, he I don't have that one. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't have the mulberry weed that all of us, including my neighbor. I went by Tom's house yesterday, Claire, and he had just mulberry weed all over the corner of his lawn. <sighs> So it, it is everywhere. <laughs> you know, Ralph is a lucky man. I'm going to touch him this morning because he doesn't have this weed to worry about. For listeners, again, it's mulberry weed. looks just like a mulberry tree, but it has um, the leaves. It looks sort of like that. And so it's a little bitty thing. And uh, so what have you done to try to control it, Claire? Well, I've tried Pulling it, I can only spray, like I've tried Roundup, yeah. but I can only do that in certain places because yeah. it kills everything. Yeah. And it's all within, I mean, this yard is full of beautiful ground covers and beautiful flowering bushes, and uh, so I can't spray it because that will kill the beautiful flowering things. What about using so basically a shield? I've tried pulling it. What about using a shield or some sort to keep the Roundup off of the other plants? You can make a shield out of just hold a piece of cardboard between the good plants and your mulberry weed. You oh, can, have not even thought um, about that. I have made a shield that was just a, a gallon milk jug that I cut the bottom off of it and put the neck of the jug over the end of my spray wand for my uh, herbicide sprayer. And that way I could just drop the whole thing. The bottom of the, of the milk jug went over a weed squirt. It couldn't go anywhere because it's obviously guarded by the plastic of the milk jug. And mm-hmm. uh, that was a pretty easy-to-make guard to keep the spray from going anywhere around that I didn't want it to be. So that's a possibility, is, too. Is there any kind of a pre-emergent you can put down that you can put like around the flowering things. Let me, let me ask Ralph for broadleaf weeds. Mulberry is a broadleaf weed. So, what would you say is there one better or worse, Ralph? Gallery, but it's it's really expensive. Yeah, I'm not hard even to find sure you too. can get that on, uh, you know, for homeowners. I'm not sure. I'd have to look at the label. Gallery, maybe online, maybe at Amazon or someplace like that, Claire. But gallery, yes, oh. is is the only one that I know of. It's a broadleaf weed pre-emergent. Okay, I will try. All right, keep trying. Thanks for All right, calling. Thank you. Thanks for calling, Claire. Right, bye-bye. Sorry we didn't have a great answer for her. It's 818. We'll be back after this. Scott Slade here on your WSB Weekend. Enjoy Walter Reeves Lawn and Garden and Dave Baker's Home Fix-It this morning on 95.5 WSB. The WSB News Team, meteorologist Kirk Mello tonight, will be here Monday morning with Atlanta's Morning News. Here's Walter. The old hometown looks the same 
As I stepped down from the train And there to meet me Is my mama and papa Down the road I look And there runs Mary Hair of gold and lips like cherries It's good to touch the green Weather are they brought to you by Finley Roofing today? Sun and clouds, scattered thunderstorms, high of 86, low of 70. Tomorrow, 50% chance of showers, high of 86 again, and a low of 70 again. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes here on 95.5 WSB and at 825. Let's see if we get someone in here real quickly. Pete and uh, Pete and Alpharetta, there he is. Hey, Pete, good morning. Good morning. So, you got moles in your zoysia grass. I sure do. I live on a heavily wooded lot, um, have a well-established uh, zoysia lawn, and I've been battling the moles for three years. My lawn service has treated it. I've used traps. I've used pellets. I'm at my wit's end. Any hints for uh, Pete Ralph? So you have, they've treated your lawn. Do you know what they treated with or for? I do not. Were they trying to kill grubs or something? Yes. Okay, so yeah. that's that's one avenue, which maybe I know, Ralph, that's what y'all do, right? Yeah, I mean, we treat for grubs, and it definitely helps us. Uh, you still have worms out there, so if there's no grubs, which probably the moles prefer, but if there aren't any, they're going to go after worms. It sounds mm-hmm. like you got a pretty healthy soil environment. Yeah. And if you got if you tried traps and poisons and things like that, you know the difficulty of trying to figure out where are the moles. They're in this hill, or they're in this run here, that one over there. You move the traps around and try to put the little poison worms in the hole, and never can quite figure out where the moles are. So Pete, here's my answer for a lot of people. Most people, as a matter of fact, I just say, go out and mash the tunnels down. If you continue to mash the tunnels down, moles eventually are going to go to somebody else's house. Go to Walter's house, go to Ralph's house, go to Ashley's house, go to somebody else's house, not Pete's house. And that works as good as spending all your time trying to get the traps and other things to work. All right. Well, I will give that a try. I'm sad to say there's no silver bullet, no smoking gun that you can use, but moles definitely a problem. Again, killing grubs helps some, but they're still hungry. They've still got some more things they can eat in the soil, and they're just going to dig it around looking for those as well. 404-872-0750 is the number on Lawn and Garden. Mickey Gasway will join us in the next half hour to announce, announce the Pike Pick of the Weekend. And I promise if you like houseplants, you're going to like this one. Stay tuned. We'll be back after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on 95.5 WSB. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center, playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 836 News Talk WSB. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, a Georgia gardener, and I'm here to help you be successful but one of the people that helps me be successful is Mickey Gasway from Pike Nursery. Mickey joins me every Saturday morning right now to announce the plant or the product that will be on sale at Pike Nursery for 20% off this weekend. Mickey, welcome. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm well, thank you, ma'am. And so 
Oh, without further ado, without further ado, to dump your dumb drum roll, please. What is our pipe pick of the week? Oh, Pisa is a great idea, oh, particularly because so many people love houseplants. Houseplants yes. are having a renaissance, a surge in interest right now. Absolutely, absolutely. And these beautiful white blooms, they go with anything, and they're easy to grow. And, you know, a lot of times this is people, one of their first houseplants. Yeah. And it's easy to be successful and have something beautiful at the same time. And you can mistreat them, and I, I feel guilty sometimes when I see them all <laughs> wilted down in the corner. Yeah. Like, oh, man, I need to water my piece of lily. Why didn't I do that last week? And they water it, and it perks right up again and just says, oh, okay, no problem. You know, forgives exactly me, and right. there we go. How much light is yours in? Uh, it's by a window over in the corner of the sunroom, so it's got a good bit of light. So it does mm-hmm. fine there. I think you get it back in the darker parts of the room, and you probably start stretching out the leaves a little bit. Yeah, and they don't bloom. Nice. Yeah, they don't, they don't bloom. light either. Exactly. That's what I've found. You know something else that somebody told me? Years ago, and it really is true, is when I water my peacefully, I water it on the outside, around the outside, rather than watering it in the middle. Why? Because it, it, if you, it's not as sensitive to overwater it if you do that. If you water it in the middle and doing it continuously, yeah. it's more likely to rot it. So I water mine on the outside. You know, I will take your part. word for it. If that's the way you do it and you are successful, And I you and will. I both have our ways of doing things, don't we? <laughs> and you probably water yours right in the middle, but... That's, that's why we have horse races, so that we can... That's well, right. I water mine in the middle, frankly, because it's easiest to pour from the top so it doesn't splash onto the right. floor underneath. So I water in the middle. That's why I do it. Well, I had trouble over water, a loving mind to death, and mm-hmm. so maybe you don't do that since yours wilts down. I know another thing that... <laughs> I know the reputation may be higher than actual practicality of knowledge suggests, but that NASA several years ago did a research project on how to use plants to absorb new, absorb uh, pollutants from the air inside of space stations, and they found that spathophyllum and some other house plants were pretty good at removing the chemicals that might be in your atmosphere in your house. You would need to get lots of it. Exactly. That, that is exactly my <laughs> hesitation about doing that because you yeah. need to have something like 50 plants in a 10 by 10 room would be about right. And I don't have 50 bethylene plants or 50 of anything. It's in any amazing room to see house. how many people do that. Yeah. You know, well, yeah, that's true. They've got these beautiful, beautiful rooms of house plants, and that would really help them. So be sure and get some. Some uh, peace in there when you do that. Yeah, and they're easy to fertilize too. You got oh, the yeah. what the Bonad uh, houseplant fertilizer. Houseplant fertilizer yeah, mm-hmm. that works fine. That's too. it, and I do mine from March to October. That's my time frame. To fertilize. And the days are longer than the nights. To fertilize or to water? What do you do? Fertilize. 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 Okay, mm-hmm. and then during the winter time, no feed. No I don't fertilizer. feed none in the winter. Why not? I don't because the days are long, shorter than the nights, <laughs> and I'm not supposed to. Well, that's good enough for me, too. <laughs> so, all pieces. And you can get some big ones. You've got some great old big we have piece lilies huge now. Ones. And then we've got some little bitty ones. And some of them, they look so pretty and mixed in with the other plants as well. Mm-hmm. All of them 20% off. Yep, you got it. 20% off. And again, this is one of those plants that if you're sort of cool these days, you've got either mm-hmm. a piece lily or a fiddly fig. <laughs> Or maybe a spider plant, because all then the millennials, in. you're in, you cool, in. hip, fun, millennial, that's exactly the plant they need. <laughs> My 29-year-old, no, 28-year-old neighbor has a fiddly fig, and she is rooting leaves of fiddly fig. And I thought, wow, Christy, wow. you're doing great. So she's, she's 
millennial doing her gardening. She That's sure is. great. That's great. Fabulous. I love to see that. Any classes going on, Mickey? Well, we've got a, a orchid and African violet class coming up next week, mm-hmm. and it's going to be at several stores. And then I'm really excited. Um, in August the 22nd, I'm doing one here at West Cobb, and on the 24th, Holcomb Bridge, we're doing one on native plants. Well, that'll be good. And I love natives, so that's going to be really, really fun. So we're excited about it. And both that. of them are free, I guess. Both, both, yeah, all of them are free. And the thing to remember, though, is that not at every Pike Nursery location, but at selected locations where these classes, particularly the native one, I think is just going to be in two places. Right. So if we wanted to find out, well, if we wanted to find out where your local Pike Nursery is to get this 20% off on this peace lilies, or if we wanted to find out where we could go to find these classes on native plants, on orchids and um, African violets, I guess we could summarize by saying, where would we go, Mickey? At PikeNursery.com. That's where we would go, at PikeNursery.com. Mickey, it's wonderful talking to you, and I'll see you next Saturday. See you soon. Bye. See you then, 404-872-0750 gets you in to take Mickey's place. Marianne in Norcross joins us. Hi, Marianne. Hey. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I have a lawn problem. I've had trees in the yard and they it, that were cut down about 20 years ago, okay. and now I have depressions in the ground. I'm looking for what is your recommendation to backfill those holes. They're about four to five feet deep, and I've got three to five of them. Mm-hmm. So I was looking for your uh recommendation. I haven't introduced my guest in a few minutes, but Ralph Keppel is with us this morning. Ralph is the chief agronomist at the uh, East Lake Golf Club here in Atlanta, where they have the tournament, not the tournament, the championship. Tour championship. Tour, tour championship will be played there in a couple of weeks. So we'll let Ralph answer the question, Marianne. So, Ralph, if you have depressions in the ground, how deep would you say they are, Marianne? Um, they're about eight feet wide each. I yeah. have three or four of them in the yard. And how deep? There's, um, they're six feet deep, and they're about eight feet wide. Woo! That's wow. deep. Yeah, that was the, my yard used to be, um, I'm on like a quarter acre. Yeah. It's full sun, mostly long, and it's, uh, they had like, it was all pine trees. Wow. They cut them down, and I, <laughs> some of them, the, as the roots die and decay, they turned around and obviously made depressions. Okay. All right, so, so Ralph, she's got pretty good holes. What would you, yeah. what would they do? What would you do? Yeah, I assume the soil there is your typical Georgia clay. Okay, use the um, Georgia clay. Would it, you backfill with any uh, with any P rock to keep the drainage? Well, I think if you do that in a hole like that, it's going to actually hold water in those spots. Uh, you're better off to try and match the soil you have and, and, ah, and okay. compact That's it in there as best I was, you can. I was going to backfill it, but I heard you guys and I said, "Oh, wait a second, uh, I." <laughs> I want to get your information on that. Okay, backfill it. Okay, I'm with you there. You might want to take the existing grass, if you have grass, in the bottom of your depression and lift it up with a flat-bladed shovel or something. So you lift it up, put it in the shade, and water it occasionally to keep it alive. And then you can backfill the hole with the clay or something that matches what you Uh, have. Pack it down real good. you got to pack it down real nice. Except the top, oh, three or four inches, that's where you can leave the soil pretty loose and then put the sod that you've saved on top of that, leveling things out and looking pretty nice, I would think. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. Marianne, thanks for calling. Uh Uh-huh. Have a great day. Bye. You bet. 
Ralph, I have a question for you. I have a number of callers over the years who have said, I have small ruts or I have a, I don't know, hole that a dog dug in the backyard, let's say. How do you fill holes differently if you're a homeowner than if you're on a golf course with the difference that the golfers make in the, in the green? Well, we we typically top dress areas on, on golf courses with sand, so we have a bit of a sand buildup on top. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for us to fill a divot with sand, we're sort of matching what's already there. Okay. But when you have these ruts or whatever, uh, damaged spots in a in a typical lawn, filling it with sand, you're going to create a really droughty spot uh, in that little area you filled. So it's better to fill it with soil for, for that situation. So if you can go behind the garage or someplace, you get some, some soil like your lawn soil. Yes. Fill that to fill that fill the hole with that. Yeah, it's always better to try and match what's there. Okay. We're a little different situation because we're already top dressing with sand to smooth things out. and It, it works better for us in, in that situation to go ahead and use sand because it's already there. Yeah, it's already there. It's what you use as the soil that you're already using. Bill is in Fayette County and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Bill, good morning. Good morning. What you got, Bill? I've got a problem with my tomatoes. Uh set my tomatoes out in april the year of time i always set them out and they got up about two foot tall and it was just like you'd poured scalding hot water on them wow uh they died and i pulled them up and i found these little worms underneath the roots they were not maggots they were just little uh worms about a half inch long maybe not maybe not a half inch maybe a quarter inch long Mm -hmm. And small, about as big as a toothpick. Yeah. And they were just a lot of them. And I had bought this soil from the uh, local uh, place. And it appeared to be bad soil. It was smelly and kind of moist. Yeah. And I've been told by some other people that, that, that it might have been made out of bad material. And that it started from that. And I planted some in another location five miles away. And they did the very same thing. So, uh, so Bill, let me let me go back to the beginning on your <clears throat> on your tomato. You said it looked like somebody scalded it or something. Give me more of a uh-huh. description than that. Did it stay green when it wilted down, or tell me more about the they, symptoms? They, you saw. they just became a wilted. Yes, uh huh. Yes, they were beautiful up till they got about eighteen inches or maybe two foot tall. And then they still were green just, and wilted they, down. They just they just died. Yes, uh huh. Yeah. One of the things I would <laughs> think for you to look for is online look for images of um, bacterial wilt because bacterial wilt many times uh-huh. the, the look to my eyes is exactly what you just said it looks like you poured uh-huh. boiling water on top of them they just uh-huh. them down they wilt down and bacterial uh-huh. wilt may not have anything to do with these worm things which possibly even could be termites uh, maybe no they were not termites okay. I'm, I'm yeah. familiar with termites right. but they were just uh a little glob of uh, white worms right under the root structure, and I dug a good hole, and I'm a professional gardener. Yeah. I dug a nice hole about over, say, a foot in diameter. So, so Bill, since we only have 30 seconds here, so what's the basic question we need to answer here? Well, I I just wondered what had happened to them, why they did that. Yeah. Look for bacterial wilt, number one, and then on the soil, soil, Uh many times the way to sort of cure or fix soil that's bad is to till it up, aerate it, let the 
forces of nature coming there and fix any of the slimy, stinky stuff if it came from uh, dredge from a lake or something like that. Some people do sell dredge material from a lake, and that might help to open the soil up a little bit and make it better for tomatoes next year. But again, I'm thinking you have bacterial wilt as an original thing, and I don't know what the worms are in the soil could be. It's 848 at News Talk WSB. We'll be back after this. It's Scott Slate. Did you know you can listen to Walter Reeves on Saturday mornings on your Amazon Echo or Dot? And me too, weekday mornings. Just say, Alexa, play WSB. And we're on 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's news and talk. Here's Walter. I'm fixing a hole where the rain gets in and stops my mind from wandering where it will go. I'm feeling the cracks. And a quick weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing. Today, sun, clouds, a couple of scattered thunderstorms like it has been for the last couple of days. High of 86, low of 70 tonight. Tomorrow, about the same. 50% chance of showers, high of 86 once again, low of 70 once again. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on 95.5 WSB. I want to thank Ralph Keppel this morning. He has been such a great guest and answered so many calls about sod, about grass, about things that, frankly, I need a professional occasion to come in and get me straight about these questions. So, Ralph, thanks so much for being here. That's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. So let's talk again. Ralph is the... You said chief of agronomist, but I can't quite get my head around. Because the director of agronomy. Director of agronomy at the Eastlake Golf Club here in Atlanta. And they're having the champ- the tour, not the championship. The tour championship. Tour championship is going to be there in a couple of weeks. And they'll have the 30 best golfers in the world be there at uh, Eastlake. Who's, who are the leaders right now? Uh, Brooks Kepka is for number one right now. And uh, local guy, Matt Kuchar, is number two. Mm-hmm. Well, Beyond that, I don't know. <laughs> I have no time to really Tiger, look. You heard a guy Tiger's Tiger within the top thirty currently. Okay. Uh, he he needs to play pretty well the next few weekend. Not he's not playing this week, but the playoffs start uh, next weekend, and mm-hmm. he needs to have a couple pretty good days or weekends. We hope he's here. We root for Tiger. We root for Tiger because he has such a great game with uh, the Masters and. Just all That's of us old start. guys thought, wow, if he could do that, we could do some of the things that we didn't think we could do as an old guy out here. If you were to say one of the top things for someone who's just a regular homeowner has a lawn they're worried about, what would be your top recommendation for lawn owners to pay attention to when they're taking care of their lawn? I, I think it, it so depends on what kind of grass you're growing, but what I see a lot on, say, people with fescue lawns, they tend to overwater. Uh-huh. Uh, and then you start getting disease issues with it. Uh, it's fescue is really pretty good on drought tolerance, and you, it'll turn brown and come back as soon as it gets water. Uh, so I would rather see a fescue lawn wilt a little bit before you water it than trying to keep it green all the time. Uh, Bermuda, you know, a <laughs> little different animal. Still don't want to overwater it, uh, but. It doesn't have the same issues when you overwater. It's that's more of a matter of keeping it mowed cleanly, not letting it get out of hand. I think always we've mentioned soil testing a couple of times this morning. If yes. you want to know about fertility and how much to fertilize your lawn, GeorgiaSoilTest.com gives you all the details. I've had besides Ralph being here this morning, I've had a great time because Ashley Frasca has screened our calls, done a great job doing that, answering questions off the air as well. Justin Obey, every Saturday, you do a fabulous job choosing music, and I do appreciate the hard work you do there. If you didn't get your question answered today, you can always go to my website at walterreeves.com. 
use the search line to use a couple of words. Just get in there and get your question answered. You can follow me on Twitter, follow me on Pinterest, follow me on Facebook. I tweet things and Pinterest things and Facebook things a couple of times a week. Next Saturday morning, where will I be? I'll be right here at 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. WSB. We'll see you then for another edition of, you guessed it, Lawn and Garden. <laughs>